you're living a dream, dude. It's uh, doesn't even exist. It's just one of those things. It's one of those things that you use to measure your decaying body, so that you know, so that you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of, this, none of this matters. Not that and gravity. Gravity. My oldest foe. <laughs> you know what? That's the problem with gravity. Without gravity, there'd be no such thing as, like, fat people, right? Yeah, exact, exactly. That's my point. Or, like, saggy bits, you know? Things that are saggy. <laughs> boobs. Uh, what about boobs? Yeah, well, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of them. Hey, as uh, it were. can you guys in the chat hear V? Before we get too far. Yeah, as we, like, the next time I go on to my diatribe and then Mike in Manitoba's all, I can't even hear. <laughs> it's like hear literally talking. five minutes of just dead air. <laughs> I was going to edit that, but then, uh, you know, I didn't. Yeah, didn't fuck it. much to me. We still got to wait for these guys to respond and say whether or not they can hear you. I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't want to move on until we yeah. know for sure. Then all right. Oh well, you know what? It's a Stone Claw who's saying it, so I don't know if he's messing with us or not. Like he's the kind of guy who like he does like I. It's hard to trust him because he's a prankster, and I don't use that. Right. I don't like to use that word uh, loosely. But no, he's actually a really funny guy. He was talking about um, how, when can he come on and talk for two hours about how the Undertaker <laughs> is actually an undead wizard, not some guy named Mark. Uh, one of my favorite bits that he does on the Skinwalker tapes is he pops on for just real quick out of nowhere. He'll just pop in and he'll say, hey, uh, I just wanted to stop in real quick. I'm trying to buy a plane ticket for my girlfriend. And I was and then he'll like pitch his T-shirt <laughs> website <laughs> and uh, he does it every time. And, you know, because he'll just pop in and he'll do it and then he'll crack a couple jokes and then he'll leave whenever uh and it was just like after he's done with his pitch and after everyone kind of like hounds him about it and um actually i can i can turn my audio up maybe that'll help uh but yeah he'll he'll just leave right when he's done and then like later on in the show he'll come back and do the same thing again and <laughs> uh it's a smart marketing bit because if you don't catch him in the beginning you catch him in the latter half right so it's, right, it's a right, good right. it's a good bit Plus, it's just really funny to hear him when he does his whole uh, trying to buy a plane ticket for my for my girlfriend. And uh, if you can go and buy my shirts. And he's got some pretty funny, uh, like, fight Bigfoot, uh, fight your local Bigfoot T-shirts. And, uh, you know, you really? know what, um, Brad, go ahead and do your um, you can you can plug your stuff in the chat if you would. Uh, he's got like a punch your local Bigfoot and then the. Bradshaw's creepy con, con uh, I'll, I'll screw up the word um, compendum uh, anyways he does uh, audio like recordings for like he'll read stories and do narration or whatever uh, and you know I used to I used to push Edward October from October pod for voices and uh, narration and stuff like this but he um, I don't know it's a it's a toss-up between him and Brad now so uh, what um, V, what did you do this week? We'll get right in. Let's go. Let's just jump right in. What did jump you get right into in, this huh? week? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm doing this um, actually for the past couple weeks. I know we haven't had a chance to talk about like much because we've kind of 
Well, I don't want to say we've been uh, fucking off or anything. <laughs> yeah, last week all we did was have you do a shot of uh, what do you call um, the uh, chubacabra El Chub. Yeah, you did the El Chubacabra, and we didn't really do a show, and then we kind of just been chilling or whatever. So I haven't really. I guess neither of us really had a, a chance to kind of tell everybody what's been going on. Um, I started this like intermittent, intermittent, inter, intermittent, intermittent. What's the word? Intermittent. Intermittent. Intermittent, intermittent. Intermittent. That's a that's a dumbass word. An intermittent fasting, and so I'm like literally like trying to lose weight, and I'm walking every day. I'm out there like um like hustling, dude. Like it's funny. I get out there. I feel like one of these old people that walk around the mall. You know, you, you know, you go to the mall and you see them, and they're like, they they move their arms. Like I wish I you could see my what I'm doing <laughs> right now, because I'm really like kind of. You know, getting it. As, You're doing yeah, speed as, as walking, say, right? Yeah, speed walking while moving fast. But um, it's it's pretty good. Like I, I mean, we'll see if I, I've lost weight. I weigh myself at the end of next week to see how much I've lost. But I mean that, and then I've quit smoking. Um, like which is kind of, and I told you about this recently, but it's kind of blown me away because, I mean, I've smoked for let's see, I started when I was 16. I'm 38 now, so 22 years I was smoking, and like there were a few times that I like I remember. The, there was this one time when I was like in my early 20s and I was like, I'm going to quit smoking. And I threw my cigarettes out in the desert behind my house. And like the next morning I was like, where are those cigarettes? <laughs> like, and the, you know, and so there were a few times that I tried to quit, but for some reason this time it like stuck. Like I was just like, I'm done. I like stopped. And I think the big thing that kind of like got me about it was that like, I started to realize how much I was spending on cigarettes and out here in California, they're close to 10 bucks a pack. And so that's, you know, a pack a day, that's 300 bucks a month. That's like a car payment, dude. And so I kind of started to like seep that into my like brain and like my bones more or less going like, that's, that's ridiculous. Like I could be saving that, you know, and like, why am I spending that much? So I literally just stopped. It was like cold turkey and I haven't wanted a cigarette. I had more or less, it, it, I wouldn't say that it's not that I haven't wanted a cigarette. It's more that like, I just don't want to spend money on cigarettes. I'm cheap now. I guess I'm too cheap to buy cigarettes. You're frugal. Yeah, Fergal. Right. So, so that's been going on. I, that's kind of what's gone on in my life. I, is I the fasting thing? It's funny because like I have to eat within this window, from like nine to five, and then at five until nine I can't eat. So, and it's funny because I was reading all this stuff about it, and um, there was this thing that was like, oh, it's just a fad or whatever. And I was like, how is it a fad if they've been fasting like since biblical days? Like, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you know, back it doesn't then make they sense. did it primarily because there just wasn't food. <laughs> they called it. They're like, you know, what's a really good spiritual discipline: not eating, because none yeah, of us not... can eat anyways. So we might as well tack that on to our <laughs> devotions. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I've been doing that, and then um, I don't know. That's kind of the gist of it. Um, I had some interesting interaction with this guy. I think I told you about this. There's this guy um, that's been mes messaging on me on LinkedIn, and we've been chatting. Um, he's this little person, and like you know, this is me being being uh, <laughs> politically correct. Being politically correct because I like the guy, and so like if he's listening, I don't want to offend him. I don't know. He might not have. He might not have seen. I didn't mention anything about the podcast, but um, his name is Sam Humphrey, and he was he was in this movie um, 
what is it called with Hugh Jack, The Greatest Showman. He's in this movie, The Greatest Showman. And I've been talking to him on LinkedIn and he like wants to get into like voiceover, like acting and stuff for like cartoons. And so I was like, well, you know, I've got this project that I'm working on and we hit a halt because we don't have financing. And so we're looking for people to help me finance it. And, you know, then once we get it going, I have the whole crew and cast ready to go. And so um, he's supposed to message me this week with his like demo reel. And um, I really don't know anything other than like he had some disease and he was in the greatest show. He knows Hugh Jackman, I guess. But he's this little dude and like <laughs> it's kind of crazy because like when you see his picture, he looks like a child. Like he looks like like an eight-year-old or something. But the guy's like 26 or something, 25 or 26. But really decent guy. It's kind of interesting. Like we'll see where that goes. That's kind of just like what's been going on with me. I know you had some stuff. We were talking this week. Um, I <laughs> You told me a really funny story, and I, I'm actually, uh, I think it'd be good if you told it um, to everybody, the stuff where you went to the, um, the, what do you call it, horror con? What is that thing that you go to, and then uh, it was like a convention, right? I, I don't yeah. want to say it's called horror con, well, but it's, you know, isn't that... I always, uh, anytime I tell, like, I would tell my grandma where Dayton and I were going, uh, I would tell her we're going to the horror convention, and you know, I'm a lazy <laughs> speaker, so there are certain words that just don't roll right and it, it sounds like i'm saying the whore convention like i'm taking my eight-year-old nine-year-old son to a whore convention and she says the what you know he's a very like old-timey catholic woman <laughs> right 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 and uh so i have to then enunciate and say no the horror convention like horror movies and, yeah, yeah. Uh, not the horror. No, the horror convention. But yeah. which sounds more my my speed to be on. Right. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like something I'd like to go to. Let's Sign me this, up for the horror convention. You know what? I'm gonna get this out of the way early because it's easier to just like oh. do the do the roll real quick and then we'll catch oh, them yeah. as they come in. So hey, welcome yeah, to Chad, Mike, Buzz, Jay, Coop, Stoneclaw, ubiquitous, ubiquitous, uh, DAK poster and Bezos. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, like I just got done talking about how I'm a horrible speaker, um, and I just you get my, Buzz Buzzby. Like, I, I buzz, did. Buzz, I said Buzz. buzz. I said buzz. I, buzz. I, I like to mention him every time now because at that one last time he was, he was like, saying oh, you I, hated him. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so now I have to like call him out every time to prove my uh, my appreciation your for, him. for him. Your secret. Yeah, your love for him. not not love. That's, I would call yeah. it love. Um, that's a way that you speak about him behind closed doors. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Bezos says uh, horror. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> he says he says horror. You can ha you can have both, which is true because you get a lot of these. Um, you get a lot of the cosplayers, and a lot of them dress up oh, as okay. like sexy Freddy Krueger and sexy Chucky. And really, that does <laughs> sound. Uh... So yeah, yeah, there's it's a horror oh, yeah. horror con a horror horror convention. Yeah. Uh, horror. <laughs> but horror horror as anybody. <laughs> who's listened mm -hmm. to the show and who knows me on a personal level or has followed the Twitter or whatever, they know that I am lar like I'm in a big way against the mask movement. And uh, I have spoken mm -hmm. against wearing masks since the beginning. And I, you know, right. the only time that I've worn a mask, I can count on one hand how many times I've worn a mask other than when I was working for those two weeks before I got yeah. fired uh, when I was working in a hospital. Uh, I like I can count on one hand how many times I've worn a mask and uh, it's because masks have been proven to every time somebody presents to me like one uh, piece of scientific evidence some kind of 
a publication in a medical journal mm-hmm. saying that masks are uh, useful in this pandemic situation. I can present them five that are also equally peer-reviewed and from as reputable, if not more so reputable, medical journals that say that masks are absolutely worthless. And uh, the moving of the goalpost where first it was wear a mask to protect yourself and then nobody was buying it. So they were like, well, no, 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 just kidding. Wear a mask to protect everybody else around you, uh, which was in its own way, like kind of uh, frustrating because I'm like, well, so you're, you lied to us in the beginning or what? Because then yeah. you're saying that masks don't protect the wearer. They protect everybody else. So why would you, well, you know, my, my, right? my argument always is, um, is like, and that's the why I always tell people when they go, Oh, mask. I go, well, first of all, like on the box of like those masks, if you look at it, it explains like, there's a disclaimer that tells you that it doesn't protect against diseases. And like, the other thing is, is they're surgical masks. They're for people that are doing surgery in like, um, what do you call it? Uh, sterile, sterile rules. Yeah. Sterile environments. They're wearing gloves and they're like performing surgery and they've washed their hands ridiculous amounts of time. You're going out in the public in the, in the elements <laughs> wearing this mask. You're touching sh- like what cracks me up is like you'll see people wearing masks at like the grocery store and then they have no gloves on their hands and they'll touch like the ATM machine that like everybody else just touched. You know, and it's like, or they swipe their card and then they touch the keypad. It's like, literally, like, do you not understand, like, like that that is a way to get the disease too? Like, right. if you're you're gonna get it, you're gonna get it. You like protecting your face is not gonna do anything. You know, and it's you know, so it's funny pleasant. when they're at the I just grocery to store. Throw that in there. When they're at the grocery store, you know those plastic bags that are impossible to open. That um, remember on Naked Gun when yeah, he's like yeah. trying to open yeah, the it fruit. and he's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get it open. Like you'll see people take their yeah. mask down and then they'll go <laughs> yeah. open it after they've touched every can of beans but on the, the shelves worst, and everything. Or, or like you got that guy at the counter that's like talking to you with the mask on and he's going and you go what? And then he pulls his mask down and goes do you want blah 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 bags? <laughs> like you just like you just canceled out wearing your mask entirely because you took it off. If that works that way then you just canceled it all out. <laughs> okay. Sterling's in the studio with us, by the way. Say hi, Sterling. Oh, okay. Hi. Yeah, this was Sterling. This was the he's last. The youngest, thing. right? He he's is the younger. He's the youngin'. He uh, Sterling Arch. Oh. Yep, Sterling. His middle Archer. name is an Archer. His is. middle name is an Archer. Is it really? It is. Yeah. His middle name is Archer. Really? It is. His full name is Sterling Archer, and and well, Ster- you know his last name is Miller, so Sterling Archer Miller. But yeah, because right. that was the whole deal. Is I told my wife. I thought you, wanted... you didn't name it. Uh, you didn't name it. Duchess was supposed to be the. <laughs> What's this? No, that's my middle name. I wouldn't give her my middle name because then he'd be a junior. Duchess. Uh... Well, remember Sterling Archer's middle name is Duchess. <laughs> no, it's Mallory. His middle name is Mallory. No, is it Mallory? Sterling Mallory, is it Mallory? Archer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, he, that was the rule. Is I told my wife uh, we, we were done after Dayton, and then uh, Leslie said that she wanted another kid, and I said, well, you know, like the way we had it set up was I named the first boy, she names the second right. boy, I named the third, or if there was a girl, she names the first girl, so on and so forth. And the way it was set up was if we had another boy, then I would get to name him. And I said the name that I wanted to give Dayton was Sterling Archer Miller, and she yeah. said, no, 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 no. And then when she said she wanted another kid a few years down the road, she, I said, you know it's going to be a boy, and you know it's my turn to name him, so it's going to be Sterling <laughs> Archer. 
And she said, yeah, oh, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. And then at the 13-week <laughs> mark, when we went into the ultrasound, sure enough, it was a boy. And, and, and a lot of people don't know that Xander, your, your oldest, mm -hmm. was, named, was named after also the Prisky Dingo character, Xander Cruz, which is kind of, which is the same people that did Archer. And it's like, there's a similar character there with Xander Cruz and Archer, which is pretty cool. I honestly, I, it, does, it didn't surprise me when you told me that you had kids named after these cartoon characters, which we all love and know, but I kind of would have expected you to name one of your kids like after a car, like Plymouth Sundance or... Like Dodge Valiant. <laughs> As a joke. Do what? Yeah. <laughs> or a bear. Name a kid after a bear. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Uh, and this is the sort of contribution you can expect from Sterling. He's a Fortnite <laughs> master, so you're going to hear a lot about that, I'm sure. The, uh, but yeah, the, what I was getting at was um, with the mask. Where I don't even remember where I was with the mask. But you were uh, supposed to tell us what happened when you went to the horror. Con. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I know, but that's the best. Gosh dang it! That's how <laughs> we're gonna we, close out. We the... get off topic. We always do. <laughs> it's the it's the what do you call it? Uh, we do like a little side info, and then it's like, but also, and the next thing you know. We're, we're on a tangent. About, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> Halloween and, and yeah, the like, first Halloween, how it was celebrated <laughs> with the rift and the uh, the two dimensions kind of like folded yeah. over on one another, and we were exposed to all sorts of like jack o' lantern monsters and shit. That's that's actually how yeah. it started. Uh, no, don't fact check it because you'll find out that's not, that's not true. But but you're right. Yeah, on the boxes it says that the mask won't protect you from uh, Corona virus specifically. It doesn't say COVID-19, but it is the vid. Yeah. The vid, the Rona. And, uh, none of them, none of them actually protect even the N95 mask is proven to have to not protect from coronavirus and COVID-19 specifically. So, uh, because I believe the particle is like, it protects against 95% of particles and the particles that are smaller than the openings within the mask are I, uh, those any particle that is smaller than those openings, which includes Corona and COVID-19 specifically. So there's no mask on the market that protects you from COVID-19. In fact, the people who study and work with the virus have to wear those big hazmat suits or whatever. Right. So, and yeah. they have to be like hazmat technician level four or what, whatever crazy thing. But I never made it that far. I got hazmat operations and uh, uh, what the hell's the other thing? Anyways, the operations was as high as I got. And right. so I wasn't qualified to wear the whole the whole get up. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, um, so, yeah, there's nothing that protects you from it. And then what's funny to me is I don't wear them. And this is something that I encourage everybody to do, because there was a point where I wasn't telling people the secrets to getting into stores without a mask uh, because I didn't want people to make a scene and ruin it for people like me. Because yeah, yeah. we have legitimate reason to not wear masks. We fall under the ADA guidance and uh, the right. requirements mm -hmm. where, or, or where companies have to uh, make reasonable accommodations for us. And there were people who were going in, and as soon as they were told no, they were, like, kicking and screaming. And I need to speak oh, to yeah. your regional manager. Get him down here from Tulsa yeah. right now. Karen, Karen's. Yeah. Right. And I didn't want that, so I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't talk openly about like what qualified. But now at this point, it's too late. People have already been doing it. And meanwhile, I just know more about the ADA guidelines and what is required from these organizations that I can 
calmly talk to these people and get what I want out of them anyways. So by all means, I recommend everybody go and read the ADA guidelines of what certain uh, medical conditions qualify for uh, exemption from the mask mandates. For instance, for me, PTSD, that mm -hmm. is covered. And uh, so people with anxiety and panic attacks and stuff, they can't wear masks. People with autism, I know a lot of people who have autism, Asperger's, all that stuff, those people are yeah. they're exempt from it. People with uh, asthma even, something as simple as asthma, you're not supposed to wear a mask and you don't have to. Asthma. Yeah. All those people, they shouldn't have been wearing a mask anyways because that's yeah. <laughs> like that's got to yeah. be hard to breathe for those dudes. But for me, yeah. like I'm on the burn pit registry and I have respiratory issues that make it so that I don't I don't have to wear a mask. And I tell people that when I walk in and I have some teenager at Ace Hardware telling me, "Hey man, do you have a mask that you can wear? You're supposed to wear a mask in here." And I'm always like, "Buddy, I got a respiratory condition from the burn pits in Iraq. Yeah. Do you really want to go big there?" Big fella. Well, you know, my biggest, uh, my biggest annoyance, yeah, bacon. My biggest annoyance is with like, um, with the mask thing right now. Is and and I was telling you this early is like either either this is how people like they use this whole mask thing to like either empower themselves like they feel like they have control over something like it's always that lady you know like you go to like the gas station and she's like uh-uh you can't come in here unless you wear a mask and you're like oh my god or somebody's using it as a means to like not do work like i told you my my apartment complex like they're not doing it it's like it's like everywhere you go they're going oh we can't do that because covid like we're not doing that right now because covid and it's like well how is that affecting anything in your operation Right. You know what I mean? So everything is like COVID related. And so, which is great because, you know, I'm, I'm actually did that thing to see if I can get money for, <laughs> for cause, cause COVID, you know, I don't have money cause COVID. So sorry. I know we're getting off. No, no, no. And this is all part of it. Cause you know, I, I had started or when I told you the other day that I had the duologue lock, I have, I'm like, I have it on lockdown. I got something I could talk about cause this is our rant time, right? This is what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, what really grinds our gears. And, yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, you're, that's yeah. the other thing too, is, um, like these ladies who like try to like overpower you. I had an old dude at Aces Hardware. I've never been kicked out of a store for not wearing a mask, but the other day mm -hmm. I did this old dude sheepishly, like he came up to me and I went to buy like these fly traps or whatever. And uh, I'm not going to turn it into a commercial or whatever, but there's like this bag or whatever that has this smell stuff in that you pour water in it and then the flies are just attracted to it. And I mean, like this bag filled up with flies. It was nasty, but I mean, it kept the flies off of my patio, which was awesome. But I went there to buy one, uh, one of those and this dude, this old dude comes up on the aisle and he says, hey, is there something I can help you with? And I said, no, I'm just, I was looking for these and I held up the empty box and I was like, there's none left. So, and then he stands there as I'm looking at the other uh, pest control stuff he stands there and I could see him out of my peripheral for like a whole minute he's just staring at me <laughs> and then finally he goes <clears throat> I like look over at him and I said yeah what's up and he said you're and he, he does this he's like you're gonna have to put on a mask if you want to keep shopping and I said okay um cool then I'm I guess I'm just gonna leave and I left because I was done there anyways and rather than making yeah. a big fuss about it and plus the dude was right. like so sheepish and I didn't want to give him a heart attack and like oh like bog him down because I mean this dude survived the 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 great depression the first one right and like he's seen some stuff and so I didn't want to put right. him through getting told down by like 
some dude presenting information like legitimate government practices. I mean, so he, he was, was like an old, he was like an old, old, old man. Is just like look at how many people, like look at the people that work at the hardware store. And not, I'm yeah. not talking about big box hardware stores. I'm talking about like the Aces Hardware, um, even the smaller like privately owned. Uh, mom and pop hardware stores it's always like a super old guy because they really don't have yeah. much else that yeah, they yeah. Can do you know what i'm saying so yeah, all right yeah so i'm like you know what all right bud and i, I walked out but so this is where um i'll say what's funny too is when people like if i don't wear a mask and i'll get stopped because i'll come in and then they'll let me in without the mask because i'll explain to them the situation They're like all right all right whatever and then uh somebody will stop me in the store and it'll always without fail it's always a short black lady and she'll she'll come up to me and she'll say sir you need to be wearing a mask and i and i'm like all right listen i already cleared it with the guy at the door i'm already tracking that you guys have this policy however like i talked to the guy at the door and like i talked to your manager last time i was here i don't have to wear a mask because of the americans with disabilities act and i'm covered under that so i need you to understand that while you're worried about me spreading a disease to you by aspirating, you could have you 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 could have had a zero percent possibility of getting some kind of resp or some kind of disease from some airborne disease from me had you just left me the fuck alone. Because I wouldn't have been talking to you and now you've yeah. got me talking to you and I'm not wearing a mask because I don't have to. And you have one that doesn't protect you. And now you've had this interaction with me. Mm -hmm. If I have COVID and I am asymptomatic, you have it now too. And you could have avoided <laughs> this by just keeping your minding your own business. And then they're like, yeah. all right, all right. And then they sheepishly run off or whatever. And this is the thing that I'm trying to explain, like express to people. I'm like, if you just mind your business, you're not going to get it because I don't talk to anybody. I hate talking yeah, yeah. to people. And I'm so, the same way, yeah. If you just leave me alone to go do my shopping, there is a 0% chance you're going to get anything from me. And not that I have it even, but anyways, I digress. Uh, I went to the right. horror convention like you were talking about earlier, and yeah. uh, this was in Indianapolis. And this is right after like mask mandate came back and all these governors decided that uh, they've had these masks required this whole time but now all of a sudden they're like well we've got people dying again so well no, no no we don't have people dying we have people testing positive now that we have more tests available yeah uh, yeah more people are getting it and not more people are dying in fact we've plateaued and started dropping down on the death and on an already low death rate but whatever yeah I'll yeah address again they kicked up this thing where they're like all right from now on we have to <laughs> uh uh, we have to enforce this mask mandate again, right? So the, I go to this convention, and everybody there is wearing a mask, right? And in Indianapolis, and it's a city, so you know people are like, it's run by a Democrat, and Democrats love the mask, and they just because they just love control and irrational power and the flexing of their mm -hmm. of their uh, yeah, political of course, power, right? So in Indianapolis, I get uh, I'm in this hotel. It's a Marriott, I believe. And it, the problem is you have Marriott staff and then you have the horror convention. Days of the Dead is the name of the horror convention uh, staff who are and they have like security for Days of the Dead. But then they also have Marriott uh, security. So it's just this big clusterfuck, right, of like who is in charge. And when you talk to one, the right hand doesn't talk to the. To the yeah, left. yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
So I, I walk in, and the first security guard just looks at me, looks back to his paper. He was reading a magazine or something, and he doesn't say anything. So I'm like, all right, must be clear. And I go all the way down the hallway. Everybody's wearing masks, right? Now I get to the end of the hallway and turn left where the check-in station is. And I wait in line. I do my social distancing or whatever. Mm-hmm, and I get mm-hmm. to the front and I say, hey, so I got a military ID so I can get in for free. And then I say, and he's under 10. So uh, do we get a wristband or what? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's just over here. And they point me over to the guy and the guy puts the wristband on me. He's like, but you have to put on a mask. It's a requirement here. And I was like, okay, well, let me educate you real quick. And I explained to them the American with Disability Act. And then they're like, okay, well, I understand that, but it's a rule here, and we're obligated by Marriott staff to enforce this rule. I'm like, okay, well, it's a, this is a federal law, right? So, like, I don't care if it's you personally, Days of the Dead, or Marriott, or whoever is telling me I need to wear a mask. This federal law trumps every one of those things. So, uh, who do I need to talk to? And then it's finally this other guy comes along, and apparently this dude is like the head of uh, the Days of the Dead. So he comes up mm-hmm. and he's like, the guy tells him or whatever, he's like, hey, so this dude, um, you know, he's he's saying he doesn't need to wear a mask because of some law or whatever. And the guy's like, nope, you got to wear a mask. And I'm like, well, I already, uh, I was already cleared. And by that I meant I walked past the security guard and the security guard didn't say anything. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. said, I've already been cleared. So, and he's like, oh, you were cleared by staff? I was like, it was a security guard over there. And then the guy behind the table was like, oh, yeah, Steve cleared him. So, like, this dude that I didn't even know like, <laughs> goes to bat for me. I didn't have the name of the security guard. So, yeah. uh, but he gave it to me. And so yeah. the head of security Steve. for Marriott. Yeah, Steve. So, Steve. So the dude's like, all right, well, if you got it cleared, then you're good to go on my end. I, you know, I don't care. And um, I forget what his name is. We'll just say it's Carl. But so mm-hmm. he, he bounces out. So then I turn around to this guy, and I'm like, hey, I appreciate it. I know it's kind of a pain in the butt, but I'm just, you know, letting you know. And the guy's like, all right, yeah, if anyone asks, just let them know that Steve, head of security, was the one who let you go. <laughs> and I was like, right on. And then I said, yeah, yeah, his that... name? And he's like, Carl or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. And so we go on about our business. And I'm walking around. I'm getting a lot of dirty looks, which is fine, whatever. So we go and we find Andy from Child's Play. That's the whole reason we went there, really, was to get Andy's signature. And first of all, we went there to get Brad Dourif, his daughter, uh, Fiona, and uh, Andy, and then Andy's mom from the movie. I don't remember. I don't know her name. We were going to get them all to sign this Child's Play action figure that I had bought specifically for this event for my son. And everyone canceled except for Andy. So Andy's there, and Andy and I have history because I uh, back in MySpace days, like he and I got into it on MySpace, and I called him a stupid microchip, and uh, <laughs> he was he blocked me or whatever on on MySpace. But he he didn't recognize me obviously because this is like 15 years ago, and um, so we get his autograph and we get our picture taken. And this is one of the times that I wore a mask because I'm like. If I'm going to be right next to this dude, I don't want him to be because he's a little he's a little guy. I mean, he's like three foot tall and he like he never grew from Child's Play too. he's still the same height. And um, that's not true. He's probably like four foot. But he uh, but, you know, I'm getting right next to the guy. I'm like, I don't want to breathe on him and him be all com- uncomfortable. So I throw a mask on for the picture. Right. Take the mask off as soon as I walk away. 
and then we go on about our business. This security guard lady, she herself was also about four foot tall. She comes like storming up because apparently somebody went and like found her and was like, there's the guy. And then so she tracks me down and she's like, hey, you need to I see your I see your son has a mask on, which we appreciate. But you're going to need to put a mask on. And I was like, well, you know, no, I don't because and I explained the whole ADA thing again. And she said, that may be the case, but we have rules here and, and that require you to wear a mask. And I'm like, okay, again, this is a federal law, so whatever silly thing that you're trying to enforce here in the Marriott or the Days of the Dead Convention is superseded by this Americans with, Dis- Americans with Disabilities Act. And uh, mm-hmm. she's like, well, you're going to have to clear it with... And I said, Steve, the head of security, I already did. It's already taken care of. He's already tracking it, and I've already dealt with the guys up front. As a matter of fact, Carl said it was cool, too. And she said... Okay, but did you clear it with the Marriott uh, uh, manager? And I was, or no, and then she like disappears, right? She's like, all right, fine, I'm gonna go get to the bottom of this. So she runs off. Dade and I continue our thing, and then she catches up with us mm-hmm. again in the hallway. Like, we hadn't made it 15 feet. She catches up with us again, and she's like, hey, so I went and talked to so and so, I don't know who, but they said that they didn't clear you. And I was like, all right, well, who do I need to talk to? And she said, you have to talk to somebody up front. They're the ones who actually determine whether or not you can uh, go without a mask. And I was like, "Uh, well, I already talked to uh, the guy up front. And then she's like, well, what was his name? And I said, uh, and I didn't have a name at this point because I hadn't talked. I didn't know this was like another hurdle I was going to have to cross. So I have this fake name that I got from Jamis years (laughs) ago. And... uh, I use it in situations like this as like a real quick, like a last ditch effort. Uh, I was like, well, I talked to Greg Rufford up front and he said it was fine. And she was like, all right, well, I'm gonna have to go talk to him. So we go, she leaves, we go on about our business and we're about done at this point. Like we've, we've circled the, the floor. We've seen all the celebrities. We've bought all the credit. <laughs> but what was the name? What's the name that it, you gave? It was Greg Ruffert, Uh R-U-F-F-O-R-T. And, um, fake names are the best. <laughs> but she, you know, um, I'm a big fan of fake names. Yeah, and that's what, <laughs> especially said, uh, ones that sound legit. You know, you said Humperdinck or something earlier. Who was it? Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, but who was the? You were talking about an actor or something, and you said Humphrey or so. Was it, I don't remember. You said oh, something. Oh, Sam about, Humphrey. Yeah, Sam that's Humphrey. right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that sounds like a fake name. If I didn't, <laughs> if I hadn't looked him up on IMDb when you told me that, I thought you were I talking about it. Engelbert Humperdinck. Him, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Like I, I got confused. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she catches up with us again. At this point, we're already almost done. And she said, listen, I, you know, it's me again. And she was like, at this point, she went from like being like hard charger security guard or whatever to like now she's just, I think she's as tired of it as I am. But right, she comes right. up, she's like, hey, listen. So I went looking for Greg and I couldn't find him. I don't know uh, if he's here anymore or what, but I'm just going to say this. If I get one more complaint, I'm going to have to ask you to go and find him and then have him reach out to me because we're getting too many complaints. And I'm like, you got it. I was like, if you get another complaint, you come see me and I'll, I'll track this guy. I'll track down Greg and I'll get him out to get him call you. And she was like, all right, all right. I appreciate it. And she wanders off. We finish our shopping in the floor and talking to the people or whatever. And as we're leaving, like I'm still not wearing a mask at this point. I'm like, hey, all right, you have a wonderful day. Uh, the officer, whatever. Like I don't know why I called her officer, but because um, she's not. She was. This is like I'm, this is like the where the people who fail out of the police academy go and they become security guards for Marriott or yeah, yeah. Days of the Dead and shit. 
So, uh, yeah, and then we just left, and that was that. And that's the trick. If ever you need a fake name, use Greg Ruffert, because it sounds real enough to not, uh, to not, like, confuse anybody or, like, cast Gre- doubt. Greg Ruffert. But it's also it fake tracks- enough that nobody will, like, be able to it find it. It seems like Ruffert. a real name. It's, like, to me, like, we talked about this before, where, like, fake name. Like, remember we talked about when we were doing that thing to, like, um, attack that uh, coffee bean place? <laughs> and I put all those fake profiles and, like, right away I started using fake names like Bill Preston and Theodore Logan and Walker Ranger. <laughs> and she didn't even but, like, catch on. Be like, prepare to be Bill sued, Mr. And Theodore. Ted, like, just, just <laughs> Mr. And like, but but Greg Rufford is like a name that like it sounds like real enough, but like to guys like us, we go, that's a fake name. <laughs> like, right away. Like I love fake names. You know, I was like on the spot, I can come up with them right away. And and it's funny to me because and this is just like one of those things that you should like try sometime in your life is next time somebody asks you for a fake name a name just give them a fake one especially if it's in a situation where you'll never see that person again or like it doesn't even matter like you're at starbucks or something there's nothing more fun than just using an alias like right then and there and just going huh that was funny (laughs) especially (laughs) if you can come up with really good ones you'll find it becomes like a skill that you like enjoy i promise you yeah, it's always a it's always a trip to get away with, and like you said, I you know what? All these years, I never knew what um, like a con man meant. Like I thought, I I thought just con. I thought that was like its own word, right? To really? pull a con, right? And uh, I never questioned it. But then when you said con man, confidence man, the long con, the long confidence, I was like, oh duh. So like once you said that, I was like, man, I am a con man because as many times as we've pulled some, some silly yeah. things like that, like we are Hell definitely yeah. for sure con. It's man. all about instilling confidence in people. Yeah, man. It's funny, like uh, like you mentioned that the confidence thing, and like it, it's it's so funny. People are so easily manipulated, and like I always say, especially liberals, because like all you have to do is put some icon that they love to the, telling them what to do, and they go, oh, I would listen to anything they say because they're you know simps or uh, what do you call it npcs <laughs> npcs is my favorite one right now but li- literally like it's all about like instilling confidence in your target and you just make them feel like they're so important and you know uh, i used to have a bot you know remember sergeant smith he used to always tell me you stroke their ego man you get them to like feel like they're important and you know what they're they're like you know like women it's easy like if you can like flirt with them a little bit and like boost their self-esteem because it's always women that they have that power trip because either they're some feminist who thinks they're being oppressed so you got to give them that like feeling that they're in charge when really they're not and like you make them feel like they're in charge like man i got so good at this at one point where it's like i could go to any type of person and like speak their language i guess you could say like literally urban communities anything and i go in and the next thing you know i'm friends with everybody and i think that stemmed because you know i used to sell cars and like that's kind of how you have to be when you talk to a customer is you immediately have to like find that common ground and then like um you know become their friend essentially and that's all really being a con man is is getting somebody to do what you want in fact it's funny uh somebody the other day i think it was mike manitoba mentioned desert trash and um he said something like he said something about desert trash and it made me laugh and i read this email that i had found like i was going through all my emails deleting stuff and it, there was an email from desert trash and she like was just ranting at me like cursing at me and like you're a piece of shit she called me a sycophantic narcissist and like i had to look up sycophantic because <laughs> i was like what what the 
I was like, what? The, I know what narcissist is. I go, like, that's definitely true. But what's sycophantic? And I saw it, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. I'm no, most of the time, these horrible <laughs> words are like they do apply to us. Like that. Like, yeah. When somebody calls me something like that, like a Janine Garofalo word, I'm usually like, they're probably right. Like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Xenophobe. Um, yeah, those are pretty good. Um, so, uh, yeah. Let me see here. Tyler Primavera in the chat. By the way, welcome welcome to the chat. And Jadogi. Jadoji. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pretend I know how that's pronounced. Uh, welcome to the chat. But also Tyler here says Sam Hyde nationalism. So, And while we're on the subject of fake names, that's one of my favorite gags, too, is when there's a shooting or when there's some kind of like act of domestic terrorism, they always say they always <laughs> post a picture of <laughs> Sam Hyde. And and then the response naturally is he can't keep getting away with it, and uh, sometimes it ends up on the news. Somebody will post it and they'll be like, "Well, they're saying that the shooter is a, a man named Sam Hyde," and it's so funny when they do it. And, uh, what's, and then, that, what's that one with the dude? His name is like Zippity Bop Bob. Oh no! You know the um, it's like Zippity Doo Bop Bo Bop Beep. Well, that's a real guy. He got arrested. That's a real guy. <laughs> Let me look that one always name. cracks me up. It's like zippity, zippity, bobop, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fake names are great, and you know what's even funny is if you can give one that's like obvious. Like I, I did that Bill Preston and Theodore Logan, and that always cracks me up because if, like you said, if you're from our generation, then you know who Bill Preston and Theodore Logan is. <laughs> you know, but like anybody else would be like, oh, what did that lady she say? She's like, I'm gonna get a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> prepare to be sued, Mr. Preston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. And like, um, it's funny because like, if you know like those weird like obscure like um, pop culture things, you can throw out names. Like, you tell somebody your name is Barry Allen or something, and they don't know, you know. And th that was um, one of the one of the bits on um, that movie, Catch Me If You Can. Remember with your boy Leo, um, is all the fake names he always gave were fake, were like comic book characters. And I think one of them was even like Barry Allen. But yeah, it's like great, man. You keep uh, you keep giving fake names till somebody goes like that dude. He was like Walker Ranger. That's not a fake name. <laughs> I had to do a Chuck Norris one. The uh, yeah, Tyler's here talking about promotion boards, and I think you would know quite a bit about promotion boards. I was I was on the business end always of promotion boards or whatever with the uh, uh, whatever the competition ones or whatever like the uh, Audie Murphy and then the. Um, yeah. recruiter of the year and all that crap but then also the promotion boards too it's as long as you're confident and that's the thing with promotion boards as long as you're confident like fight like competition boards or whatever those ones you have to be right otherwise they'll correct yeah. you on the spot they'll be like no that is wrong yeah and they're like they'll what's the, like really what's the, was the audio murphy was that the one that's the one that was the competition right yeah. Audie murphy yeah yeah, I never had to do. I never had to do that. Well, you know, I conducted the boards. I was the board recorder, so I'd sit in the back and hear all the questions. And then when I went for my uh, my board, we were in Bulgaria, and it, I didn't even know I was going to the board. And they were like, "Oh, it's your turn now." Like at the end of the board, after I had done the recording for the whole like twenty people that were before me, they go, "Now you're gonna do it." And I like literally just sat in the chair. And then they were like, "What's your favorite football team?" Like, who are you? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even watch sports. <laughs> and then, the, uh, you know what the funniest thing? One of the guys, his name was First Sergeant White, and he's, he's the scary bald guy, man. And he never blinked. He had these big eyes, never blinked. And he just stared at me the whole time. 
And then he like, after for a while, everybody was like quiet. And like the Sergeant Major was like on his cell phone the whole time. And then the, the first Sergeant with the eyes, he goes, are you a man's man, V? <laughs> and I was like, what are you like? Are you asking me like if I like women? Like, is that what you're asking me? And then the first, the Sergeant Major got off the phone and he's all, pretty much we just think you should be a Sergeant. So, you know, you're good, get out of here. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what the? I didn't have to answer anything. And it would have been dumb because I literally heard every question that they were asking everybody before, like in the board, like I sat through every board. So I would have been able to answer every question because I heard all the answers. So it would have been ridiculous to ask. It's like, what, like, what do you call, um, like a formality, you know? And then they, they made fun of me because I saluted wrong. That was it. They said, your salute, is, your salute is too weird. And then like the first sergeant, one of the first sergeants came over and like adjusted my arm. That was it, man. Was the, uh, I never went to another board after that was my sergeant board. I never went to. When I went I to, know. you didn't go to the staff sergeant board at all? No, I, I, I was promoted. No, I wasn't promotable. I was oh. like getting ready to staff sergeant board, but I never went. Oh, I went. Um... Hey, get for for the staff sergeant board that one's easy because they just they know that you already know all the answers so at that point they just kind of want to chat with you and find out who you are or whatever and, uh, and then yeah. they just ask you little silly or little silly questions or whatever but for my sergeant board it was when we were deployed so I got real lucky I just wore the ACUs and or no yeah it would have been ACUs at the time and uh, yeah I had memorized the whole study guide the studyguide.com or whatever I'd memorized really? it verbatim. So anytime wow. it went, we went down the line, and like I answered every question straight from the straight from the book, and like even like the paragraph long answers, like I would just I would, yeah. off the top of my head I would recite them, and then one of them, one of the first sergeants, he was towards the end, he goes, "How do you make a circular PT formation?" And I said, "It wasn't in the <laughs> it wasn't in the book," so I'm like, "I don't know." I just, that's that's not in it wasn't in the study guide. <laughs> I didn't read twenty one twenty. Like I didn't read the whole yeah. regulation or whatever. So. He was like, "Oh, my bad." And then that was, he was like, "No questions, no further questions." And then, and then my first sergeant, remember, uh, first sergeant Laird, he goes, um, he says, it gets to him, and he's like, "Well, today for me is like when you watch your kid graduate from high school. <laughs> like it's been, a, it has been a long. I never thought I'd see the day. No further That's questions." That's funny. And then, you know, uh, it's funny the, is I when I was when I used to hold those boards is I'd get to listen in to what all the first sergeants and the sergeant majors would say about the soldiers. And like, you know, you're supposed to, like, pretend that you don't hear them, but right. you could hear it like they'd like someone would leave and they go, that dude was eight the fuck up. Did you see how garbage? Blah, 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 blah. And then the other dudes, like some other dudes, they'd be so high speed. Like and you were talking about that question where he asked you, and he was like, I don't know, I guess I'm sorry. And there was one time that I remember they were all going, does anybody know the answer? Like after the dude had left. They were like, does anybody know the answer to that question? I and he was like, I don't know. I, I was asking him to see if he knew so that I could get the answer for myself. <laughs> I had actually convinced the board for one of the pre-boards, the mock boards or whatever. I had convinced all the platoon sergeants and the first sergeant, well, with the exception of one platoon sergeant, I had convinced them that Kenneth Preston, or no, not Kenneth Preston, uh, uh, William... Gainey? Yeah, it must have been William Gainey because he was the senior enlisted advisor of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I had convinced him that he was the sergeant major of the Army. And I had just said it, like, because I had known everything else. And then as soon as I spout that one off, they were like, they just assumed that it was right. And then they went to carry on. And one of the platoon, my platoon sergeant, as it were, he was like, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. That's not right. And, he, and everyone's like, yeah, he's the, right? He's the sergeant major of the Army? And then my platoon sergeant, Sergeant Eads, he goes, 
what did this happen last night like when did this happen <laughs> and then you know they discuss it for a little bit he's like well i guess i'm i don't know and then they move on with the questions and then come to find out when i left and my sponsor was like yeah you said uh william gainey or whatever when it was actually at the time it was kind of preston i assume i don't remember who it was at the time but yeah i was wrong like way wrong and uh they let me they let it slide one of my favorite board stories and then we'll move on to the actual topic uh, oh yeah I, for- I forgot we had a topic <laughs> yeah, i forgot that we have a show that we're supposed to do yeah um we we were doing one of those competition boards and it was it wasn't sergeant audie murphy board it was the recruiter of the year well it was the oh yeah there's MCO one with a mexican year. name too yeah, it's like morales, the, like the morales board. morales i couldn't i kept no. thinking it was like hernandez there's only like as some joe biden, as joe biden will tell you Unlike yeah. African Americans, the Latin or the Hispanic community is a very diverse and cultured, uh, multicultural, uh, um, back or whatever. Anyways, people. Uh, he actually said he actually <laughs> yeah. said that today, right? He said that unlike African Americans, which mm-hmm. is to say, African Americans are black. The end. Like, there's no. Yeah. You can't talk about like all the various different cultures that are within Africa, which is like the largest continent. But God forbid you acknowledge that black people come from a very storied uh, background of multiple different (laughs) cultures. Uh, Uh, But it's okay to say that about South America and Central America and shit. Anyway, I'm standing there, right, and we're in line, and this is for the it's for the NCO of the year, recruiter of the year, center commander of the year, and I was competing for both recruiter of the year and center commander of the year just because of the way it like rolled over in the timing i had just switched over to become assistant center commander in green bay and so they were like whichever one you do better in whichever one you win in is the one that you're competing for and i was like all right cool and um so i'm standing there in line and you remember how it is like the dude will open the door and he'll say all right count to three and then knock and then uh, yeah 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 tell you to come in or whatever you gotta knock really hard right. like yeah right and so you can't um, like do a little wussy knock otherwise they'll <laughs> get mad at you so this dude i used to tell people to like kick the door down right? and then like break but you're gonna in. ruin it you're gonna ruin it for me this is part of the story <laughs> i think i've told you this story. Oh, you just stole it from me now you stole my thunder you took the wind out of my sails no but this dude <laughs> this dude comes out and he's like hey all right count to three and then you're gonna knock three times and then come in or whatever and apparently he jumped the gun when he came and told dude this because the dude waited, counted three, and we're all like thumbs up or whatever. And I'm like, good luck in there. And yeah, the dude yeah. goes, boom, boom, boom. And then he heard what sounds like to me, clearly I heard, hold on. And then <laughs> he opens the door <laughs> and he like storms in. And the dude's like, he comes right back out. He's like, oh, they apparently weren't ready for me. And I'm like, oh, well, hey, no worries. Don't don't let it get to you because if you go in there and you're not confident or whatever, it's going to just screw up the whole performance. And he's like, all right, yeah, right on. And he's like pumping himself up again. And then somebody down the hallway in the headquarters yells, come in to somebody else. And I was like, that's you. And the dude like barges, he like knocks and then he like bursts in. And then I'm like, just go and be strong. And like, even if they try to kick you out again, just it's a test. You need to stand, you know, stand your ground. And he, he's like, all right. all right, boom, 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 runs in. He's in there for like three minutes. And then he comes out and he's like ghost white. <laughs> and like, apparently he went in there and like they told him, no, we're not ready for you yet. And he just went on about it anyways. And he's like, you know, Sergeant Morales reporting his order or reporting to the president of the board, you know, like all like demanding oh to be seen. And like this dude, which like you have to admire that confidence. But at the same time, it was absolutely the wrong thing to do at the time. 
and yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he ended up failing, and which was great for me because I needed all the help I could get. He was one of my com- or one of my competitors in the, in, in uh, the recruiter category. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, what are what are we choosing to? To Greg Rufford? Greg Rufford, yeah, <laughs> fake names in general. To, fake to any names. fake name, any fake name that you can come up with, Eber especially Dang, a good Uncle one. Uncle Dink. Man, man. Engelbert. <laughs> I like uh I'd like to do Captain Horatio T Spaulding or like Rufus Firefly. Oh yeah, the dude's Groucho from, uh, Marx. Groucho Marx, yeah. Super Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Super Iron Man's another good one. Sterling contributed that yeah. one. So what are we Yeah, it's a good <laughs> I'm excited about this bit that I'm gonna do because I didn't tell you what it was. <laughs> I know, I have I don't even and, know uh, what to expect here. It's uh you're gonna have to use your imagination because you won't be able to hear it on your end, but uh, what are we talking about today, V? You want to give us a... Yeah, well, we're continuing our up. part three. We're on our part three of our Swing and Dick series where we uh, speculate on the uh, occurrence, the strange occurrence of a situation that has no explanation or has some explanation that seems a little flimsy. Like last week we did the... Well, the week before last, we did the one about the guy, the the guy in Australia that like nobody could identify who he was. And then before that we did the, uh, the, the hikers in the, um, the Russian Alps or whatever. Yeah, and so this week, abducted by aliens. yeah, yeah they, they had a frost Yeti with plus 15, uh, <laughs> plus 15 <laughs> frost. So this week we're doing one. And uh, this is something that I kind of ran across when I was trying to find something we could do about the disappearance of Frederick Valentick. And um, I'll give you kind of a brief synopsis here from the Which Wikipedia. Which sounds like a fake name, too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so next time you get a chance, you, you can use that one, say Frederick Valentich or Valentich. I'll give you the, the gist here from the Wikipedia, um, and I'll try to sound like I'm not reading. Essentially, Frederick Valentich was an Australian pilot who disappeared while on a 125 nautical mile training flight in Cessna 182 L air, light aircraft registered VHDS over Bass Strait in the evening of 21 October 1978. Described uh, as a flying saucer enthusiast, 21-year-old Valentich informed Melbourne Air Traffic Control he was being accompanied by an aircraft about a thousand feet above him, and that his engine had begun run, running roughly, but before finally reporting, it's not an aircraft. There, and there were belated, uh, belated reports about UFO sighting in Australia on the night of the disappearance. However, the Associated Press reported um, that the Department of Transfer was skeptical a UFO was behind Valentech's disappearance, and that some of their officials speculated that Valentech may have become disoriented and saw his own lights in the water or lights nearby the island while flying upside down. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's kind of an interesting thing right there because that's kind of the cop-out answer too. This is, And this was one that like when I read all this stuff about it, the Wikipedia and such, um, it kind of made me go, well, and you know, I'm always on the fence if somebody can give me like an argument where I can go, you know, it's not fucking paranormal. <laughs> I go, it's not fucking paranormal. It's fucking probably this, it's probably that. And so immediately I'm like looking for a way to like discredit this and go, well, it's probably not whatever. But there are a lot of things in this one that kind of made me scratch my beard and go, well, you know, I mean, that's that's interesting. Well, what we had mentioned earlier when I was talking to you was like, you know, you could easily say, you know, logic tells me that, well, the guy was an alien enthusiast, so anything unexplained to him 
probably he would just default to like it's probably an alien dude like that fucking meme you know the historian <laughs> history channel it's aliens yeah, i'll have to do the yeah. thing for you <laughs> yeah not exactly. saying it's aliens yeah but, but it's, it's aliens. aliens yeah yeah that's what this dude at my default you know his default could have been that but at the same time you know in contrast like i was saying earlier is that the chances of him seeing something that are alien especially like you're obsessed with aliens and you chase down aliens your whole life at some point you're gonna run into something of the sort and that's just my my opinion man like that's like <laughs> if you're obsessed with something at some and even in your death or so-called disappearance, you know, and, and like I really scoured this to see if there was any reason for him to like disappear, <laughs> and apparently there was like uh, a thing about him like staging his own disappearance and like a theory or whatever. But like I don't know, like there wasn't enough for me to go. Well, that's not enough for like when you really think about a person disappearing, that's a lot, dude. Like just going like, I got to get rid of everybody. I know I got to say goodbye to this. I got to say loved ones, everything. I have to just not exist. And not that many people can do that. And this guy's been missing for 38 years. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, wait. You know, what's funny. No, 41 years, because even 41 if you go years. to yeah, yeah. his, uh, his Wikipedia, it shows the duration that he's been missing. Like, and it's like a countdown, right? Or not like it's a count up because it shows how long he's been missing like and, and here's the good news like if he ever comes back and he's like oh dang i like i made it onto wikipedia and they never lost hope like they still have a thing that says the duration missing for 41 years nine months and 17 days like uh <laughs> apparently he went missing at 7 12 at night um australia time but he was yeah he was 20 years old and actually i have a picture of him <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to imagine. Here's a picture. No, that's not really. Yeah, that's uh, Bradley Cooper. It's a uh, no. You right? know what? That's not even Bradley Cooper. That is actually Kenny Loggins. Loggins. <laughs> Kenny... <laughs> no, it's not even say... him. <laughs> it's Kenny Loggins. <laughs> And what you don't know, and I hope it's not super loud. Wait. Are you playing Highway to the I Danger am. Zone? I am. It's playing Highway to the Danger Zone right now, and everyone at home <laughs> can hear it. <laughs> because I wanted... I thought that was... Yeah. As Kenny I was Loggins, reading right? the thing, as I was reading the story, <laughs> I thought I was going to call the thing you had me at Top Gun, because it's, it belittles everything about this Frederick Valentich guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, he was a shitty pilot. Um... And he kept failing at the thing. He only had like 150 hours of flight time, which to me seems really low. I'm not an aviator, but I feel like uh, I could. I'm gonna go ahead and transfer back to me. And every time, we, every time we change back to that picture, it's gonna start over the Danger Zone song. So um, as often as we can transfer back to that, I'm gonna do it. Uh, I was thinking about this last night because uh, my wife and I started watching. I'm a big fan of American Horror Story, and I've seen all of them except for Apocalypse. And the only reason I didn't watch Apocalypse was because it had, like, the characters from Coven, which was my least favorite series or uh, season of American Horror Stories. And so last night she asked, well, which one haven't you watched? And I said, I haven't watched Apocalypse, and for that reason. And she said, well, how about we watch it? And we're watching it, and, like, all of a sudden they're, like, getting onto this plane... And the dude who was supposed to fly, who I assume was the pilot, 
got killed and so and still they took off and they were able to fly off to their destination and and like in my mind i'm thinking about the end of the world scenario like with uh that movie 2012 with john cusack and like he's able to fly this plane and i'm always thinking about in an end of the world or catastrophic situation would i be able to get behind the the joysticks of a plane or whatever it's not really a wheel it's like a half wheel but i'd be able to get behind the u of a plane and fly a plane to safety and i think i i think that i would what, do you think you'd be able to fly a plane in a pinch v v are you still there Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. I don't know. The call just like dropped for some reason. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're still we're still recording. And my question: What was the last thing that you heard from me? <laughs> uh, you were talking about horror, uh, American Horror Story, Apocalypse, and then you said something. Your wife watched it with the. Uh, I don't know. That's that was the last okay. thing I heard. Well, that, that was pretty much the gist of it. But, like, but what I wonder is, in a apocalyptic situation or like a catastrophic situation. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be able to get behind the uh, the wheel or whatever, or the U or W, mm-hmm. I guess it kind of yeah, looks yeah. like, of a yeah. plane and fly it to safety? Do you think that you'd be able to do that? Me? Yeah. Like, as me personally? Yeah, I definitely could. You know, I uh, and another, like, flex, I guess you could say, when I was in Iraq, I studied for the, um, the AFAS. I was like on a on a whim, like on a bet with this warrant officer, the guy that re- the guy that reenlisted me actually, because I like screwed over my commander because um, I asked a warrant officer, uh, Chief Zimmerman. I don't know if you remember him. I asked him to reenlist me over my company commander because I hated my company commander. He demoted me like three times. He demoted me like three times. So after like my stuff was over, I was able to reenlist in Iraq, and so I asked this guy, um, Chief Zimmerman, to reenlist me. He was the coolest dude ever. He had this wife with big fake boobs, and he used to always say, "I paid for those, man. I love those things." And um, but he, on a whim, like I told him, we were joking one day, and I told him that, like, I was like, you know, what you guys do isn't that great. And he's like, "Oh, you think you can fly a plane? Why don't you? What you think you can fly a helicopter? Why don't you take the AFAS? Blah blah blah." blah. And I was like, "I'll do it." <laughs> I was like, "I'll do it." So like one day, he like picked me up from like the office and like took me down to the Ed Center, um, in on what is it, Cobb, um, Spiker. And like had me take the AFAS test and I passed it. I like right there on the spot. I didn't even study. I just passed it. I was like two points short of like like almost failing, but like I passed it. And he was like he was like, Well now you gotta become a warrant officer. You gotta put in your warrant packet. And I was like, No way, dude. I was like, I just wanted to win the bet and it was like for twenty bucks. <laughs> Because, you know, I was like a total dick back then. And, like, I hadn't re-enlisted at the time yet either. But, um, but yeah, I, I could I could do it. I, like, understand, like, everything about it, like flying and all that. So yeah. I think I could do it. At least a helicopter, maybe a, uh, an airplane. I probably couldn't land very good. <laughs> yeah, But I could about, definitely get a software. I think flying a plane is probably – I mean, they each have their pros and cons, right? I mean, a helicopter is more maneuverable, but a plane is, like, faster and smoother. And I, I think – I think the controls would be a little bit easier on a plane. The trick is like being able to maneuver correctly. Anyways, the the point is, you're like you'd be able to get behind the wheel of a plane and fly, and it wouldn't be an issue, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, this dude has like 150 flight hours, and he thinks that he's like the God's gift to aviation, <laughs> and he ends up eating it on a yeah. one-hour trip. 
to go pick up some crawdads or crayfish or whatever he was trying to pick up. Um, but yeah, that, and, that, and that's what kind of blows my mind about this whole thing. And I guess his, I mean, he had all sorts of issues. He kept failing the the flight test or to, for, to get into the, the Royal Air Force or whatever. And um, yeah, and then, uh, and then he freaking eats it on a crawfish um, pickup, which is like the worst of the worst way to go. That's not how I want to go out is dying on a, on a, on a, crawfish a delivery pickup and delivery um so what about uh oh you could have just said that dude oh my bad i i didn't want to interrupt you <laughs> i didn't want to interrupt you yeah You're good um yeah i always share i can't believe i'm the i'm the i'm the asshole that's having the technical difficulties today the uh, no, i don't know yeah, why my phone just turned um because I probably shared, or I shared it with you, and it probably alerted it's you. Hell, so, hello, peak. So this dude sucks at flying, and yeah. he picks up some some like Craigslist equivalent, some like nineteen seventies uh, <laughs> Craigslist equivalent. Uh, of, yeah. Like, those if you look at his picture, did, did you do you have his actual picture? Yeah, right here. Like I right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 his real, like the one that's on Wikipedia, his like Australia, because the dude was in the Australian Royal Air Force. Well, he tried. He tried to enlist in the Russ. Like he's in the uniform in the picture, but he's never like, he's never like actually got in. I don't think he was I rejected assume... because he was rejected because of inadequate educational qualifications. Um, but he looks. He, I would say he looks dapper. His mouth is a bit agape. He kind of has the look of like a, a slow person, if you ask me. But I mean, we, like what we do know <laughs> about him is that he was. Um, he was an uh, an alien enthus no a flying saucer enthusiast. He was a fan- he was a snappy dresser. I'll give him that. That's based on this picture Jack. that we're looking at here. Yeah, is out. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So what? So what? Uh, what do we got? What we got here is um, a couple things about the investigation. And you had some interesting things. You said that you watched some documentaries, but I wanted to get into like how they investigate it, and then like the proposed explanations, and then we can talk about like, what we think happened. Sure. You know, like uh, like our our old uh, what do you call it the, the bullpen? I guess you could say, right? Oh, you're so, talking about this place? We'll take it. Yeah, to, we'll bull- take it to the bullpen. <laughs> and we'll discuss it before anyone gets home like tyler said he needs to know what happened to the socks so we'll figure (laughs) out what happened to the socks go ahead and tell us v then what um what you were going to tell us just now about the theories right so as far as the okay the, the proposed explanation well we'll start with the investigation it says a Department of Transport DOT investigation into Valentech's disappearance was a- unable to determine the cause, but it was presumed fatal for Valentech. So they're saying that he probably crashed into the ocean. And I, I mean, if you think about it, like they're not going to go like searching the depths of like the ocean for this guy's ship. I mean, we there are parts of the ocean we haven't even like like this like three percent or something that we've yeah, even no, seen in the ocean. Yeah, we've only seen anywhere between five and ten percent. Yeah, it's like not yeah. So So five years, right? So five years after his craft went missing, an engine cow flap was found washed ashore on Flinders Island in July 1983. The Bureau of Air Safety Investigation asked the Royal Australian Navy Research about the likelihood that the cow flap might have traveled to its ultimate position from the region where the aircraft disappeared. The bureau noted that. 
the part has been identified as coming from the Cessna 182 aircraft between a certain range of serial numbers, which included his aircraft. So the it could have been his. That could have been his aircraft, but they couldn't say for sure, right? So here are the proposed here are the proposed explanation. Like that does that's not definitively saying like that's not saying that it is his aircraft, but it was in the same serial number. So that's enough to say, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Uh, okay, so the proposed explanations: it has been proposed that Valentech staged his own disappearance, even taking into account a trip between 30 and 45 minutes to Cape Otway. The single-engine Cessna 182 still had enough fuel to fly 800 kilometers despite ideal conditions. At no time was the aircraft plotted on radar, casting doubts as whether it was never near, ever near Cape Otway. Um, uh, and Melbourne police received reports of a light aircraft making a mysterious landing not far from Cape Otway at the same time as Valentech's dif- disappearance, right? So that's plausible. And, and like, that was the one that I kind of, like, first leaned towards, you know, because you go, well, like, why do people really disappear logically, you know? Like, they got the tax evaders, right? <laughs> the like, go back taxes? They kind of, like, disappear, right? Um, another proposed explanation is that Valentech became disoriented and was flying upside down. This is the old Bermuda Triangle theory, right? He was flying upside down. Um, because he got disoriented for some reason, right? He was a shitty pilot. That says enough yeah, yeah. right there. Um, if this were the case, the lights he saw, he thought he saw would be his own aircraft's lights reflected on the water. Then he would have crashed into the water, right? However, the model Cessna he was piloting could not have flown inverted for as long as it has a gravity feed fuel system, meaning that its engine would have cut out very quickly. Yet another proposed possibility is suicide. However, interviews with doctors and colleagues who knew him virtually eliminated this possibility. So people were saying, well, he just killed himself that way, but then everybody's saying, no, he wouldn't do that. People that knew him and the doctors knew him, so they're saying that's not a possibility either. So that one, I kind of rule this one out because, like, it doesn't doesn't add up. Like, if it's, um, first of all, the plane, couldn't have flown that long because of the way the, the fuel feed was, right? Second of all, it's kind of like, I don't know, already you're going, eh, I don't know, like with everything. Like, uh, the, he killed himself by plane. Like, why don't, why don't you just do it? Like, there's easier ways to do it, you know? So the last one, it says, a 2000, this is the one, um, 2013 review of the radio transcripts and other data by an astronomer and retired U.S. airport, James McGaugh, and author Joel Nickel proposed that the inexperienced Valentech, we know he's an inexperienced, <laughs> was this was deceived by the illusion of the tilted horizon for which he attempted to compensate and inadvertently put his aircraft into a downward so-called graveyard spiral, which is an actual thing, which he intentionally mistook for simple org for the simple orbiting of the aircraft. According to authors, the G-force of the tightening spiral would decrease fuel flow, resulting in rough idling, reported by Valentech, which he reported, right? Uh, Magaha and Nickel also proposed that the, that the apparently stationary overhead lights that Valentech reported were probably just planets, Venus, Mars, and Mercury, along with the bright star Antares, which would have behaved in a consistent way with what Valentech described. Right, okay. My so, argument no. of that one... Oh, no, go ahead. If you're going to... Are you well, going to argue it or what? No, no, there was one last... Well, I was going to give you the UFO explanation. Yeah, let's do that one. 
ready okay, to go. Okay, so so and this is why we cover this, right? This one this is the reason why we this is the reason why we brought this topic is so that we can speculate that it was aliens, right? So UFOlogists have speculated that extraterrestrials either destroyed Valentech's aircraft or abducting him, asserting that some individuals reported seeing an erratically moving green light in the sky and that he was in a steep dive at the time. UFOlogists believe the accounts are significant because of the green light mentioned in Valentech's radio transmissions. The group Ground Saucer Watch, based in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, claims that the photos were taken that that day by a plumber, Roy Manifold Ride Plumber, shown a fast-moving object exiting the water near Cape Otway Lighthouse. According to UFO writer Jerome Clark, Ground Saucer Watch argued that they showed a bona fide unknown flying object of moderate dimensions, apparently surrounded by a cloud-like vapor exhaust residue, although the pictures were not clear enough to identify the object. So there's your explanations. That's kind of a what have yous of it which do you think it is well my i i lean towards the i lean towards the um the the stage to zone disappearance and like i that to me is like you know i i always go straight with logic and i go well if he wanted to disappear i mean just based on the information we know the stuff that we just read about he's um he was an idiot, right? He couldn't fly. He could. He was rejected by the Air Force. He couldn't do anything right. There's not much to say. Like he doesn't say. It doesn't say if he was married or had kids or anything. He was 20 years old, right, when he went missing. Um, so he probably didn't have much, anything really. Um, so who knows? Like maybe he had this plane and he was like, you know what? I'll just steal it. <laughs> I'll just I'll just bail out and create a new identity somewhere else. Maybe he flew over to like South America or something and married a, a Chilangita or something. Um, that's my logic goes to that. I I think you know I, I'm always I'm always gonna go. Well, it's probably not UFOs. You know, it seems a little ludicrous to me. My logic goes. He wanted. He had. He owed back taxes. <laughs> <laughs> he was dodging the IRS, man. The ARS, he probably took the, the plane. Australian yeah. Revenue Service. Yeah. <laughs> um, he probably took the plane, disappeared. That's my logic. What do you think? He uh, he probably just took out a really good insurance policy on the Cessna, right? That's what he was flying when he, uh, <laughs> when he ate it, and then made sure that it was it was actually going to pay out to and his life insurance, his life insurance and the insurance policy on the Cessna. We're probably right. set to pay out to uh, Inger, <laughs> Inger Bird Boyne, <laughs> or uh, his brother R Zap, Rupert. No, his brother Zap Rousdower. <laughs> I'm just using. I'm going to use all these names that people gave in the chat throughout this discussion. Um, Zap Rousdower. <laughs> Zap Rousdower. That's a and, good one. I like that one. Yeah. And then the other person that it could have perhaps gone to was Inger Bird Boynes. And um, <laughs> those were the two people who were on his life insurance and the insurance for his, his vehicle. Uh, right. I think they make a lot of very valid points. Uh, there are a few that I take issue with. I know that, you know, when you're in the pool, right, and you're swimming, I've not ever flown an airplane, but I imagine there are times, yeah, where you can easily get disoriented and confused, especially over open water like that, where you can get confused yeah, yeah. as to which way is up. Um, but granted, yeah. I mean, once you're upside down, it's probably very difficult to not recognize that you're upside down when you start feeling I agree. blood rushing to your head, yeah. unless yeah, yeah, you're I... in that state of disorient uh, or disoriented state, right? Um, but then the graveyard spin what made a lot of sense with the lights reflecting off of the water 
and it would look like it's orbiting above him. I can see that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, like you said, crashing into the water, it would be, again, the search for somebody in that, and I believe that would fall under the Pacific Ocean or the Indian Ocean. I'm not, it was west, I don't know where the Indian Ocean picks up in that, but you know what's funny about the Indian Ocean and the Pacific Ocean is where they meet, um, you can tell which one is which because the Indian Ocean looks filthy. It looks like sewage water. <laughs> and then uh, and then the Pacific Ocean, same thing with the Atlantic, is they're both very blue, and then the they don't mix because they're mm -hmm. the, the differences between the, the water. And um, But, yeah, I think there's so much of the ocean that is unexplored that I'm surprised that they found anything, and the except for that one piece, and they were able to track that down. It's pretty fascinating how back in those days, even, you know, we talked about they were able to do track down a book in that uh, Talmum Shud or whatever episode. Yeah, yeah, that we yeah, did. yeah. They were able to track down a book back in the 40s and then, or in the 50s yeah. or whatever. And then here they're able to find a, a piece of this, a small piece of a plane, and they were able to track down that it could have possibly been his because it fell under that serial number. Um, here's a sad story for you. I'm going to take us to a sad place, and then we'll bring ourselves back out of a sad it's, uh, place. By the way, it's the Indian Ocean. It's, it's oh, it was the, the Indian Ocean. Ocean. It was probably yeah. even harder to find something in there. Mixed with all I, the I had to Google Maps it. <laughs> the, the, the Bass Strait there. Yep. So. Technically, it's, uh, what do you call it, the Tasman Sea yeah. in the Indian Ocean. But yeah. So probably a very disgusting Just, area that nobody wanted to go in anyways. Yeah. They didn't want to go look. That's why he's been missing for 41 years, nine months, and seven yeah. days. He's probably uh, <laughs> in Tasmania. He's probably in Tasmania he's chilling. Hanging out. Bit. How old would he be mm -hmm. now? He'd be, what, in his 60s? Yeah, 60, uh, 61. Yeah. 60 probably yeah. still can't fly a plane worth a damn. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Asshole. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna take us to a sad place real quick. I'm so like I said, I'm surprised right. that they were able to find anything. Uh, because recently, my uh, my cousin-in-law, in-law, I call him is what I call him because he's my wife's cousin's husband. So he's uh, he was always a part of the family get-togethers, and we got along really well. He's a great guy. He was the only other white, well, one of two other white guys in the family. So obviously, we had to stick together, you know, in in case of the race war, right? and in the yard so but he was you know he was a good dude and he was actually a pilot in the in the army for he flew a chinook i believe and they were out doing they had just gotten to hawaii and for the new duty station and uh they were doing some kind of training exercise out over the water and it was nighttime and we come to find out that their helicopter had gone down over the water and ways out. So, I mean, it wasn't very easy to recover uh, anything from the the wreck. And everyone on the helicopter died, him, he included. And they were only able to find, like, I think they found his helmet and, like, a couple pieces of scrap from the helicopter. Wow. Even when they know, with modern technology, even when they know where something went down, it's very difficult to find um, stuff in the ocean. Just because it's so big yeah. and so dangerous. Yeah. You never catch me out there. Uh, I'm yeah. terrified of the ocean. I have what's called thalassophobia, fear of the sea. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, like, for somebody back in the, uh, I'm sorry, the 70s, right? Yeah, 1978. For somebody back then mm -hmm. to try to track something like this down, I imagine it would have been very difficult. So I'm, I'm right. surprised that anything washed up on shore. But that yeah. goes, that kind of lends credence to the theory that 
he uh, faked his own death because who's gonna yeah. catch on? You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. you if you take the plane and you're on a trajectory to like not hit the island and just go down in the water and then you just eject and bail out and then swim to the shore or whatever. No, and back then yeah. they didn't have you know the the sort of technology that you could track people down as easily. People did it all the time. They would just yeah. disappear and. I mean, now it still happens, but uh, it's very difficult to do in the United States, especially, or any like modern cultures or, or modern countries. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's a pretty good um, that's a pretty good one. I like that the being able to or just faking your own death. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably the most likely. I think also just as likely is probably that. Um, he was confused or disoriented because he's a shitty pilot, but. <laughs> It wouldn't be you had me at Bigfoot if I didn't take up the you know take up the torch and go to bat yeah. for the idea that it was UFOs because and this is this is my opinion and we talked about this briefly earlier when we were doing our pre-show discussion uh, I think in situations where um, yeah somebody called me out on ejecting from a Cessna I think you can jump out of those things I'm not talking about shooting out of it like a you know like a <laughs> you know, jet or whatever. Talking yeah, about like rocket uh, uh, ejector seat. Yeah. What do you call it? <laughs> the um. Now I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know just rolling out the side. Those things don't fly fast and hard enough for you to you know not be able to eject from it. Uh, but the uh, yeah, where was I going with that? The, yeah, UFOs. I think um, uh-huh. we we had kind of talked about it, and I think when you have when you're a ufologist, right, is what they're called or somebody who studies aliens in depth, or for instance, in my case, somebody who studies demons, uh, somebody who studies ghosts, somebody who studies these scary things that, uh, you know, are dangerous or potentially dangerous, or even, you know, people who hunt Bigfoot or uh, the Skinwalker, right? Or the Wendigo or whatever. Like if you're finding, if you're looking for them, chances are they know it because they're better at you know, bushcraft in the in the cryptid world, or um, surveillance and a- aviation, or whatever in the alien world, or uh, just being a- aware, like the spiritual awareness of you know hunting ghosts and demons and searching for demons and stuff. They're better at those things than we are. We're just you know <laughs> fleshy sacks of meat uh, that have like limited understanding of these things. So they're always going to have an edge on us. And I think that this guy was vocal enough and um, obvious enough in his studies that the aliens probably were aware of him, I would imagine. Um, uh-huh. And I think that uh, there's that, that Nietzsche quote that I shared with you. You know, if you yeah. gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze long, or gaze long into you. And... Um, so I think that applies here too. I think this dude was probably right. rooting around in some uh, alien stuff and like looking for aliens, and he found them, and or they mm-hmm. found him rather. And whether they abduct now, this is where I don't know uh, whether they abducted him or whether they just obliterated his ship. And either one is possible. But you can look up if you look up this guy, um, Frederick Hornblower. If you look him up and you <laughs> type in the word abduction afterwards, 
Like that's a big, that's a huge thing is people think that he was abducted by aliens, which wouldn't yeah. surprise me either. Uh, them snatching him up out of the plane and it wouldn't, you would still end up with all the pieces. You're not going to find a human body in the ocean, period. Uh, if, especially 41 years uh, and 9 months and 17 days later. But even back then, you're not going to find it because it's going to sink once the air leaves it. It's going to sink like a rock and then animals are going to feed on it. And depending on how deep that area is, I don't know how deep it is. But uh, if he sank to the bottom, it's easy. it could just easily get washed over by the sand at the bottom. So you're just not going to find him. And he may have been abducted too. Uh, and I think there's just too much there. that That's where I'm confused, whether or not aliens right. blew him up or if they abducted. Either one. Well, here's, here's something interesting that I stumbled across kind of to, I guess, um, help your argument here, is I actually found the transcript of the conversation between Valentech and Roby, the, uh, the, um, the, the radio transcript. So I, I have right in front of me what they were talking about before he, his disappearance. And didn't you say this Roby guy is still alive? Didn't you say you watched the documentary? He's like still alive, yeah, right? Yeah, he's still alive. Hold on. Here's what I'm going to oh. do. I'm going to pull up the final communications and we can do like a, we can do like a play. Like we'll pretend that we're, we'll read, we'll oh. read each other. You oh, that's saying? awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to send you the link? No, I've got it right here. I've got it. Uh, transcript oh. of Frederick Valent or Frederick uh, Dick Brewer. Um, yeah. <laughs> final communications with Melbourne Air Traffic Control. Yeah. So. All right. You. You. Who do you want to be? Let, the, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, you go ahead and start us off. Okay. Um, I'll be Valentech then. Is there any known traffic below five thousand feet? Uh, Delta Sierra Juliet. No known traffic. Uh, I am, it seems to be a large aircraft below 5,000. Delta Sierra Juliet, what type of aircraft is it? Cannot confirm. It is four bright. It seems to me like landing lights. The aircraft had just passed over me at least 1,000 feet above. Uh, Delta Sierra Juliet, roger. And it, it is a large aircraft, confirm? Er, unknown, uh, unknown due to the speed it's traveling. Is there any Air Force aircraft in the vicinity? Uh, Delta Sierra Juliet, no known aircraft in the vicinity. <laughs> uh, it's approaching right now from due east towards me. It seems to me that he's playing some sort of game. He's flying over me two, three times at, at time at speeds I cannot identify. Delta Sierra Juliet, Roger. What is your actual level? My level is four and a half thousand four five zero zero. Uh, Delta Sierra Juliet, and confirm you cannot identify the aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmative. Delta Sierra Juliet, Roger. Stand by. It's not an aircraft. It, it's. Is that two seconds? Yeah. It says silence for two seconds. Oh, is this me? Am I supposed to take it? Yeah, you're Del Roby. Oh, yeah, right. That's right. I see. <laughs> yeah. uh, Delta Sierra Juliet, Melbourne. <laughs> Can you describe the your, uh, aircraft? Uh, it's flying past. It's a long shape. Cannot identify more than before me right now. Melbourne. 
Delta Sierra Juliet, Roger. And how large would the uh, object be? It seems like stationary. What I'm doing right now is orbiting, and the thing is orbiting on top of me also. It's got a green light and sort of metallic, like it's all shiny on the outside. It's just vanished. Would you know what kind of aircraft I've got? Is it a military aircraft? Oh, I think that was me. Yeah, confirm the... Yeah. No, you, you say confirm the aircraft. See, it's, it's probably because we're reading different ones. I have an abridged one. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... I just, I just know normally mine starts out with Delta Sierra Julia. Confirm the your uh, aircraft is. Yours finished. says mine just mine doesn't say the Delta Sierra. <laughs> it says is the aircraft still with you? And then I say, uh, it's no, it's the engine is rough idling. I got set at twenty three, twenty four, and the thing is cough, coughing. And then you say Delta Sierra Juliet, Roger. What are your intentions? <laughs> Uh, my intentions are uh, to go to King Island, uh, Melbourne. The strange aircraft is hovering on top of me again. It's hovering. It's not an aircraft. And then silence for 17 seconds. Open mic with audible, unidentifiable, static noise. And then end of traffic. Uh, end of transcript. Delta Sierra Juliet, Melbourne. <laughs> Does it really say Delta Sierra Juliet? Every time. Yeah, well, because he's a professional, my character... Uh, that yeah. I was playing was a professional yeah. air traffic controller, so he naturally had to address uh, Delta Sierra Juliet. So every time, right. every time, and that's just. Yeah. But your guy, uh, yeah, he's he was Frederick, a uh, Frederick Fellatio Worth was. Um, yeah. He was not an experienced pilot, so he didn't recognize proper call sign procedures. <laughs> If he would have done more than 150 yeah. hours, he would have. He would yeah, have understood. He, he, he didn't know what he was doing. He blew it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what do you think? Like based on that, what do you think? That do you think he like really had an alien above him, or do you think he was just trying to like sell it? Like, did my acting make you go? He's an asshole. He's lying. He's just making it up so he can like disappear. Like that's what I was going. Is that what you're Yeah, that's what I was going. Like well, try to sound like a bad liar. <laughs> did mine? Did mine make it sound? Uh, what did mine yeah, make it sound yeah. like? The dude sounded like. Tell, yeah, like critique he did, mine. He didn't believe. Like he didn't believe me. He did, he didn't believe the guy. Like, like he knew him probably, and he was like, "Come on, guy, it's not an alien. <laughs> You're just being an asshole." Describe it to me. He was calling him out every chance he got. Like, like you know when somebody tells you a lie. Like, okay, here's something funny. I got this message on LinkedIn the other day, and it was like right away I knew it was like a fake person because they go they go i'm in i i work with the army and i said oh you work with the army i go so you're a contractor then and they go no i'm in the army and i go oh you're in the army well where are you stationed at and they go i'm stationed in the, the army <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going okay well where is your location what's your unit what's your rank and then they like go no i'm a nurse in the army and i, and I go okay you're you wouldn't say nurse if you were in the army. You'd say medic, right? And then, like, I, like, already I'm going, this person is a total liar. But, like, you start asking questions to make them, like, have to answer things that you know would be wrong. Like, well, you just contradicted yourself, so you're obviously lying, right? So I think that's what this guy was doing. Roby was trying to ask, ask uh, Frederick uh, Fart Bubbler. <laughs> Frederick. <laughs> Frederick um, that's not a real name. Frederick Fart <laughs> Fart Barfunkel. <laughs> he was trying to ask Frederick if he had, <laughs> if he had, if he was like calling him out, like, 
okay, so you, you're saying it's alien. Well, then how about this? And how about that? And then the dude was going, oh, I don't know. And then, like, the pauses were, like, for, like, uh, um, effect, you know? Like, he was pausing to make it seem more, like, t- like dire, you know? You know what's interesting? So that's what I think. There was a uh, – I had read that final – the final transmission from uh, Frederick Fartbubbles uh, is what you said. Right? That's his name. Um, yeah. Fartbubble. Fartbunkle. Fartbunkle. Captain Fartbunkle. The uh, <laughs> lieutenant. No, he wasn't even that. Uh, in the last transmission from him, he had, I guess he had like cut off, but then there was like this clicking uh, metallic noise or whatever. And so this dude was listening or whatever over the at the air traffic control office, and he said that it was like a bunch of clicking and then some metallic scraping and metallic noises, almost like a talking, and like kind of how you imagine uh, the you know when people take their artistic liberties of what aliens sound like in movies, and sometimes they sound like a <laughs> yeah, clicking yeah. and a, a metallic twang with a metallic twang to it. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, that might be a, a key, up. a key thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think that might be like on. Uh, remember Men in Black with the two, the second one when he meets Kay at the at the mail room, and he and he like he calls. Yeah, they all start beatboxing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what aliens. Like. <laughs> they all sound Rastafarian. That's that. Um, no, you know what? I think they sound like. Do you ever watch District Nine? Remember District Nine? The prawn. No, I have. I, well, I, oh. I started watching it. You should but they watch have it. like that pred that predator like clicking as you're saying. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they kind of sound like. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do that clicking, and they call them prawns. Like that's their uh, racist yeah. name, which is what I'm so excited. Yeah. I know we've talked about this before. Is like yeah. on first contact, like who's gonna make up the racist names for the aliens? Yeah, I can't and, wait for uh, that. That's gonna be the right best. Like, as soon as we get the a good look at epithet. them, which is why we need to prepare. Like by going, yeah. uh, and I wouldn't recommend doing this, but our first episode was about alien races. And, you know, if you look at the different alien races and we start looking at pictures, maybe we'll do that one of these days. You have yeah. me, you had <laughs> me at uh, racist alien names. Um, <laughs> we'll redo race, uh, race, race wars or whatever, alien race wars. Uh, yeah. But we, look yeah, at, I mean, we should I'm look totally at the pictures. Down. We should look at those pictures and come up with, we should be prepared for this because as soon yeah, as they I show agree. up, we need to be ready to immediately lay on some slander and some, uh, <laughs> some like heavy with yeah. the slurs. You know what I mean? So the, whoever's right. the first one to do it, that's what's going to stick. It's got to be good and it's got to be first. And so we should be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think everyone will agree with that. Uh, and that's what that's the beautiful thing about us coming together as a planet. Like everyone's thinking about like coming together as a planet because now we have this new race, like this new planetary race that we have to or the species, right? Mm-hmm. That we have to come together and be prepared to like mm-hmm. either work with them or protect ourselves from and we need to come together to do it. But a lot of people are forgetting that once that happens, we also as a as a global community we will all be able to be racist towards these aliens, right? And so that's the one thing that we'll all have yeah. in common is we'll be able to be racist towards these aliens. And I, for one, am very yeah. excited about that time. Uh, what, agree, what else yeah. do we have to talk about this, uh, this Frederick <laughs> Valentich? Well, I think, I mean, I don't know. That was really kind of the gist of it, I guess. I think um, the, the, the one thing that I kind of was, like, curious about is, like, 
um, like what the alien community says about it. And like most of the people think it's an alien, like, like right away, like all the accounts of people like the examine this, the ufologists and whatnot, they all think it was alien. Right. Right. So I, I, I think it would be interesting to hear, like, it it would have been nice to have somebody from that community be able to like explain to us why they think it's alien, but I can't, uh, right. Why? Cause he, yeah. Because, well, I mean, like, he, we talk about the lights but, that he saw, right? Okay, and well, okay, what about this? Mm-hmm. What type of alien do you think took him? What type of alien do you think took him? Like, green, okay, green lights on the ship, right? That's weird. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that, like, we know. And then he called it a long, what did he call the ship? A long ship or something? Yeah. Yeah, long what something. Alien race. What? Oh, no, it says, what alien race is the Venom symbiote from? That's like what it automatically filled in for Google search. <laughs> what alien race uses green lights on the ship? Let's find out. Let's just Google it. Acturian. No, that's a thing. Battleship wiki. Top astronomers say an alien ship may be among us. Battleship with Liam Neeson? Probably. Starring starring Liam Neeson. I was thinking of Flight of the Navigator. That was a long spaceship. Remember Flight of the Navigator? That old Disney movie? And the robot eyeball thing would say compliance. And then, like, uh, it was like this big long... You don't remember the ship on Flight of the Navigator? Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Is this an obscure reference? This is, this is too obscure, obscure for you? Yeah. Flight of the Navigator. Google Google the ship on Flight of the Navigator. You'll see what I'm talking about. So That's what I imagine the ship to... Here's something for you, V, um, to answer your question. I didn't mean to cut you off. Flight of the Navigator, is that something I need to watch, you're saying? V? V, did I'm I here. lose you? Oh, I, okay. No, I was just saying Google the ship, because that's that's what I imagine the, the image to look like of the ship. When he says it's a long spaceship, you know? They did pretty good. This is like an 80s movie, man. It was pretty funny. He, like, finds this spaceship, and then, like it takes him into the future and like then he meets his family in the future and like it's kind of a bizarre movie this ship kind of looks like a turtle shell yeah is that the right one maybe hang on i'm gonna i'm gonna save this image and then send it to you you know what i forgot to do i forgot to put us oh yeah we that was uh we did that we just didn't uh we just did it in the car i guess yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling up this flight of the navigator here. Okay, I'm send I'm just gonna send you the image on the uh Is this This the is what I imagined it to look like. Y- yeah, kind of, but the one the image I sent you kind of is like more on the Skype there. Yeah, I'm seeing it. See how it's like long? Yeah. That's kind of what I see. Yeah, Flight of the Navigator, dude. That's kind of what I see when he says it was long. And in my head, like, of course, this is my image in my head. This is not something like realistic, something realistic here. But I mean, what what do we know? That's what we know based on the information that he said. I mean, hold on, I'm putting it on the. That's it, you know. Putting it on the screen for everybody. Oh yeah, there you go. Stand by. Standing by. I have all these flat Earth pictures that I have on <laughs> that I have ready to go because uh, hopefully. We'll oh yeah, we. Episode. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, 
That's the one right there. That's what I imagine it to look like. Yeah, late 80s, yeah. Judogi. You know what? Here, I'm going to tell late. you, though. Uh, green fireballs are a type of unidentified flying object which have been sighted in the sky since the early 1950s. Early sightings mm -hmm. primarily occurred in the southwestern United States, particularly in New Mexico. They were once of notable concern to the United States government because they were often clustered around sensitive research and military installations such as Los Alamos and Sandia National Laboratory, then Sandia Base. Uh, but yeah, so apparently green fireballs is a thing. And I would you know, and to defend your position, uh, he could have made that up because I would imagine a, like a dude who was into that would oh, yeah. know about he would know fireballs. yeah yeah so when he's telling that's a good dude, point but i still think that he got mowed down by wing commander one of the kilrathi or whatever <laughs> um yeah oh yeah let's here hold on you know what i'm gonna yeah. put his i think that it was uh aliens and they obliterated him or abducted him i think that that's a fair assessment what do you think uh detective detective hornblower horn i think that's what i think i think the guy yeah horatio t spaulding <laughs> i think what happened was he he owed back taxes right he was like trying to dodge the irs he put a, he took out a big insurance on the um on the on the plane on the cessna and then he had his buddy somebody probably the freaking uh the roby guy probably the guy he was probably in on it too, right? And so he goes, "You're gonna be the one that gets that picks up the insurance money, right?" And so I'm gonna I'm gonna stage this disappearance. But really, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna fly into Tasmania, right? From <laughs> which is right across the pond there, right, right to the Bass Strait from Melbourne. You can get to Tasmania on a Cessna, right? So he he goes through. He stages this thing so that it seems like he's abducted by aliens, and no one will question it. He lands in Tasmania somewhere, dismantles the ship entirely, right? Throws a couple of pieces, like he's got some, you know, locals that he has help him out, and then he, like, just lives in Tasmania. Or, like, grows a mustache and dyes his hair blonde, and then just kind of, like, disappears. So what you're <laughs> like saying it's... is he disassembled, his, like, he landed in Tasmania, which I already have a hard time with because we know he wasn't a very good pilot. Uh, he mm, lands it in Tasmania and then disassembles the ship himself and then just occasionally sneaks to the ocean and hucks it, uh, hucks it like piece by piece. <laughs> He's got some people there. He's got to have somebody. <laughs> That's a horrible have theory. There, right? I'm telling the captain that this is yeah. what you're trying. No, you, and you know what? Detective, <laughs> uh, Detective Primavera actually wants to know what happened to his socks. If you can explain what happened to his socks, <laughs> then we can all go home. Yeah, he never wore socks in the first. He just didn't like wearing <laughs> socks, man. That's my argument. My argument will always stand for that one. He had notes written like, on his socks or whatever. All right. Yeah. So what? Um, yeah. what did we learn today, V? Do we have? Uh, did we learn anything? Yeah. I don't don't uh, don't let some asshole that fails a flight shit do anything for you because he's an idiot. Probably he's probably an idiot. I think that's what it comes down to regardless of whatever happened to him like we can't determine that like even at this point like we can speculate all we want but like one thing that we know for sure like without the shadow of a doubt is he was probably an idiot he was more than likely oh, yeah. a dumb dumb shit yeah he's like he failed a bunch of tests and like when you look at his education and his background like he couldn't even get into the military because he didn't have education <laughs> When you can't like, get all, into like, the that's military, part of the reason that's, yeah, that's that's a, you're in a bad place. Yeah. 
right. So that's we got the uh, rookie. We got the rookie, Sterling. What do you think happened to this alien or to this guy? Talking to the microphone. Stand up. The captain's watching. What happened I to him? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? You got to give us a theory. Nothing. Well, this is why you'll never make detective. All right. Well, that's that. I think we <laughs> solved the. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy with that. You know what? When yeah. you when you sent yeah. this to me, I thought the first thing I thought was, well, duh, it's aliens. Like it says right here, it says it's aliens or whatever. Um, yeah. There's really nothing to it. This guy is not a secret agent like the other guy. Uh, there's not like a yeah, possibility yeah. of, um, you know, a cleaner yeah. demons versus aliens versus no, cryptids. What did he call like the first call? one? What? what works? Yeah. Um, yeah, this one was yeah, like a works, cut and dry. Works. Yeah, this one was cut and dry. Aliens. So, so what? What's um, your assess? You think is aliens? Huh? You think yeah. he was to abduct, I think abducted? it was either aliens or it was something boring. I think uh, I think it was either incompetence or aliens. Obliterated his shit. Yeah. Aliens or incompetence were the guilty parties and or were the perpetrators yeah. in this case. And um, <laughs> probably both. Incompetence is the house or are the nails used to build a house of failure. Uh, and he found that out the hard way uh, by crashing yeah. his plane into the ocean or being shot down by aliens, one or the other. But either way, uh, the fact that um, he allowed aliens to kill him, that's got to be, thats and that's my thing, is I'll never let an alien kill me, right? Because then you just end up becoming yeah. a COVID statistic, right? Because they can't yeah. prove it. They don't know what did it, so they're just like, oh, he died of COVID-19. So that they can get extra money. I like that. Like we're going back to like uh, going back to uh, another Will Smith movie. Remember on Independence Day when he mm -hmm. like takes out that plane, he takes out the alien ship, and then the alien pops out of the thing and he just socks it in the face. Yeah, Is that what you that. would do? Like you just sock the alien in the face? No. He like pops out and scares him and he just punches well, it in the face. I think if I ever encountered an alien. If the opportunity presented itself where I had the jump on it and I knew that it was going to be like it and I knew it was hostile, yeah, I mean, I would probably choke it out because you got to remember that we don't know um, what they're capable of, right? And as of right now, you and I, like, we are not high enough um, security clearance to know no, what aliens not. can or cannot do and what's going to hurt them. No. So you have to assume that. You know, we know a punch to the jaw is going to knock somebody down, a human down. But what is it going to do an alien? I don't know. Um, yeah. So I would, I would probably slug it and hope to get a, you know, an element of surprise or like the upper hand. But then you got to immediately get into a dominant position and like wrestle this thing until it stops moving or until something happens because we don't know if it can phase shift. We don't know if it can uh, shape shift. We don't know if mm -hmm. it can teleport. We don't know anything. So, I mean, like, you just, you got to choke it out until it stops moving or until something happens where you have to adapt. It's like uh, right. like that saying, um, and I don't know who said it, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get socked in the face. Uh, <laughs> you got to remember. That's that a good, damn good quote. <laughs> you you have to be prepared for that. Sort of, like, even all the planning in the world, it's, you're not going to be It's disorienting ready for right then. Like, all the right. all the stuff that you're prepared for, you get socked in the face and then boom, disorient. Like, you know, when you get, like, you, everybody's been socked. Like, I know guys like us, we've been socked before because we tend to run off at the mouth. 
<laughs> but like that, like I remember no, no. I got socked when I was a kid one time, and it was because I was going around telling people that one of these other kids smelled like poop, and it was like <laughs> it was like a poor kid, right? And it was like when you're in you're you're in junior high or elementary school, and you just talk shit, but you don't realize that you're talking shit about someone, and it's gonna offend them. And so I was going around telling everybody, yeah, he smells like poop and blah, 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 blah. And so I ran into the kid one day at my friend's house, and it didn't occur to me that he would hear somebody saying that and telling him, so, like, Ryan's telling everybody that you smell like poop. <laughs> and so I ran into him at a friend's house, and I just walked up like, hey, buddy, like, like we were friends. And he didn't even, without, like, breaking us, like, anything, he just popped me right in the face. Like, boop, right in the nose. And I was like, oh, like, it, it disoriented me. Like, I was just like, what the... <laughs> Like, like, why did you do that, man? <laughs> and he was like, you're telling everybody I smell like poop. And I realized, oh, you heard that about that. <laughs> Word travels fast, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it's disorienting. That's the one thing. If you get socked in the face, you're going to be disoriented. You're not going to be prepared for what's coming next. Yeah. So with I agree alien, with that statement. With an alien fight, man, you got to be like, this is why I tell people, you know, you got to read up on... There are some people who uh, write some pretty crazy stuff and, you know, you kind of dismiss it as crazy or whatever, but you got to start reading stuff like this, the inv the Alien Invasion Survival Handbook. Like, get your hands on... Uh, mm -hmm. Somebody put a lot of work into this book, right? And they've got, like, all the, the possible, like, for instance, how to, how to trap an alien, right? And they've got this thing here. <laughs> so, but they... Um, but yeah, you got to be prepared, right? And uh, you have to understand all the possibilities based on what we know from crazy people. You have to plan for that sort of thing because you never know which one, uh, which what's true and what's not true. And then furthermore, um, if if there are in fact multiple alien races, which is uh, a theory, um, which and some of them are good and some of them are bad. Uh, and some of them have this distinct uh, ability or characteristic, whereas this one doesn't, and certain ones have different vulnerabilities and stuff. You have to know it all, because one day you may encounter, maybe you encounter an Anunnaki, whereas another, and you're prepared for that, but say it was an Alpha Draconian, maybe you don't, you aren't as well read on uh, mm -hmm. Alpha Draconians, so you need to know them all. And I highly yeah. recommend reading all those, uh, all the people that we kind of write off as crazy. You got to know them because what are you going to do when an, when an Alpha Draconian pops out of his a ship? You know, yeah. you can't just slug him fucking, in the mouth. Fucking reptilians, man! It's yeah. uh, they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that how we're going to end the episode? Alpha Drac or reptilians, <laughs> man? They're out there. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> It's just like my default, you know, it's the default to blame everything on. Like, something bad happens, you go, God damn reptilians, dude. It's the fucking reptilians again. Something happens that you can't control, it's got to be the reptilians fucking with you. Oh, no doubt. Probably what it is. You know what Mike yeah. said? He said, he's always on this pink sock talk. And uh, I know. He said, uh, he said, imagine pink, getting pink socked in the face. The, the old prolapsed anus. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> you, if you get pink socked and then you got to, like, it's like the Dirty Sanchez, right? You take it and you whip them across, whip somebody across the mouth with it. So, oh, I mean, you got to strike back, right? And then, yeah, and then Judogi said, uh, I thought getting tea bagged was bad. And, uh, yeah, that's horrible. Um, the Dirty Sanchez with the pink sock. <laughs> it's like getting munged. 
Yeah, it's a combo. <laughs> oh, mine. Let's not bring that one back. That was that's my that favorite. was terrible. <laughs> so gross. So, uh, yuck. What do you got to send us on our way this week, V? Do you want to? Uh, well, or I'll no, do like, I appreciate. You know what? I'm gonna do what uh, Yakov always does. All right, go uh, ahead and go ahead and shill your stuff, V. <laughs> well, a shill. That's such a funny word. Uh, well, you know, I appreciate you guys coming out and watching us. I I always laugh. I say, you know, it's so funny that these dudes they put aside some time to like listen to us. They go, hey, V and and Tom, uh, that other guy, or Tom and that other guy, the one that nobody sees ever, is is gonna be talking soon. And, we put aside our time and they listen to us and, and you know what even more cracks me up is that we have like these fans all over the world like it's we got this mike and manitobas out there in canada and then we've got the little lotties out there in the uk and you know these fans that are like it's kind of like surprising every time i say like, what do you know we got some people there uh they're, they're faithful and loyal and i appreciate that and i, I hope you guys continue Again, follow us on uh, the Twitter. You guys, my my new image there with me looking all slick there with the um, you, my LinkedIn and my uh, Twitter ad there, so you can follow me and um, be sure to follow us on on Twitter. The you had me at an Instagram too. I think we have uh, some other ones or whatever. Um, send us messages if you guys ever want to chat. We we'll respond to you. We're not doing shit, man. We're a couple of lazy veterans, man. I I mean Tom has some stuff going on, but he'll he'll respond to you. I, I promise you, will. So that's what I got. What do you got? I do respond because um, I'm always looking for an excuse to get away from the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. I actually scored a 75 on my ethics exam. I was supposed to, uh, we, we had the ethics exams sent out. We were supposed to do them proctored. And then they canceled proctoring because of the new mandate in Kentucky where they were like, no, everything's getting shut down again. Everyone's got to wear masks and all this crap. Yeah. So a bunch of people had issues finding a proctor. So then the professor, he was like, well, I can't like let some of you not have a proctor and some of you do mm -hmm. have one or whatever. Uh, so he said, just scrap the proctor thing. He's like, I would hope that this class being an ethics class in a seminary, yeah. you guys would be yeah. honest or whatever. Um, so go ahead and just do them yourself. Kind of hold yourself accountable and uh, and allow God to be your proctor because he's watching anyways, <laughs> right? So, right, yeah. so I did. That sounds like I, a bumper sticker. God is my proctor. God is my, God is my proctor during COVID. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I ended up getting a 75 on it, which is tight because like when I opened it, I didn't recognize really anything out of it like i started looking right. at it, i was like this dude just like picked the the not highlighted crap and the stuff that he told us to study uh but yeah i, got I hate when they do that it, which is pretty tight it always happens pretty to happy me too. With that. Yeah. Um, not bad but yeah as far as uh you know reaching out to us we're always happy to talk we're always happy to have conversations for recommendations for upcoming episodes we've had that happen a few yeah, times where definitely. somebody presented something awesome to us if you need if you need a mystery solved we are continuing, uh, we are willing to continue this um, You Had Me at Bigfoot Swingin' Dicks uh, series. Mm -hmm. We can keep doing it if you want. Uh, just present us with mysterious things that have happened in the past, like the Diet Love Pass, the, um, yeah. the Talum Shoot. That was uh, Jurassic Weeb that sent yeah. that one to us, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then this one, obviously, too, this uh, fellow with the fake name, uh, <laughs> you know, we're always happy to solve your guys' mystery. We're like a mystery team. We're like Scooby and Shaggy yeah. and them. And, uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, uh, we ride around in a minivan yeah, yeah. and pick up uh, mysteries. The um, <laughs> I was going to make a... <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. I had this... I, I was working on my tight five, right? I was working on my uh, my funny jokes. And one of my jokes, which I can't use because it's, um, it's way too... I'll use it here because I can't. 
uh, it was, and it's not complete either, so um, bear with me. It was a joke within a joke type thing where I talk about how I was going to write a joke about the uh, the, una- <laughs> <laughs> the unapologetic pedophile where he... Um, <laughs> It's very meta where, of you. Where in the it already like the joke is already funny. The unapologetic pedophile where he's like at work. And, you know, I do this number where I'm like, I want to do this joke. It's called the unapologetic pedophile, but I can't do it anymore. So I'm going to do it anyways, just so you can appreciate it. Ready? <laughs> Man, I cannot wait for this meeting. To be... <laughs> Man, I cannot wait for this meeting to be over so I can go home and look at my kitty porn. And um, <laughs> but then I realized, like, the joke doesn't work because you can just, like, go in the bathroom and look at your phone now. Like, you don't have to go home to look at porn anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was going to – I was yeah, building off of that premise of, like, the guy. But then also the fact that there's there are already, like, unapo- unapologetic pedophiles and they call themselves um, uh, whatever attra- – uh, uh, they call themselves MAPS. I don't know what it stands for, mm-hmm. but it's, like – they have uh, a physical attraction to children and they're like all over twitter you can find them and they're just yeah, like they're they call they, don't, they call them littles like they call yeah. them children little <laughs> so it's like terrible it already exists, and i can't so i can't do that joke anymore so i was working on the joke about how i can't do that joke anymore and that was <laughs> um that was what i was working on the other day anyways uh, I am not like a stand-up comedian, so I can't. Uh... <laughs> it's still pretty good. Oh, <laughs> I'll be honest, it's still I pretty good. I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah. other than that, yeah, hit us up on uh, at You Had Me Podcast. Find us on uh, Instagram at You Had Me Podcast, Facebook You mm-hmm. Had Me Podcast Live, Bitshoot You Had Me at Bigfoot uh, Podcast, YouTube You Had Me at Bigfoot. You're already here. Make sure. You... Oh, there we go. Minor attracted persons. That's what it's called. Um, uh, but yeah, and then also make sure that if you haven't already subscribed, hit that thumbs up or thumbs down button. We don't really care either one. And once it's posted, mm-hmm. add a comment as well. It uh, you know just gives us visibility. I, I respond to literally every comment that is that is on the YouTube. Uh, I go to um, I go and I filter it like comments I haven't replied to, and I'll reply to those people. And sometimes they're angry people, and I reply to them too. So, Sterling, thank you for joining us in the studio. Make sure to <laughs> hit up uh, Redbubble and order some of our stuff. The, at, oh, yeah. uh, the www.youhadmeatbigfoot.com is not going to be available anymore for a brief time because uh, there was a conflict with the iPage who hosts the website or whatever, and I had to cancel that membership, so I have to switch over to a new host. But we still do own the domain, so anticipate that it will be back up and operational here or very shortly. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, had a great time. We appreciate you guys being here, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> Not yet. We're getting there. Are you interested in advertising on You Had Me at Bigfoot? Oh, hell no! Reach out to us at contact at youhadmeatbigfoot.com.